This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Life is the intersection of the dark and the light, you know, the the pain and the pleasure. That, that, that mm. When you find joy in excavating the pain, excavating the dark, and sharing and talking about the dark courageously, mm. there's joy in that too. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Sydney. And I just wanted to come on here and have like a little bit of a chat because we have a really awesome guest on today, Rada, who is super inspirational, super inspiring, has all of these amazing businesses. She's been on tour with Oprah. She has been a DJ. She's a mom. She's an author, all of these amazing things. So I'm excited to get to her. But because of the fact that life is the way it is, my internet or our internet just decided to be a pain in the ass today. So it kept going in and out. At one point, the interview was recorded on my phone. It's it's a hot mess. So I'm hoping it comes together. And I'm definitely still going to put it out because everything we talked about is necessary and something I think that we can all hear right now. So no matter how it's going to come out, we're going to, I'm going to show you it and I'm going to put it out there. And we talk about this, but this idea of being a perfectionist and not releasing something to the world unless it's absolutely perfect and you know designed and all of the things. I'm trying to lean into more of not being perfect and owning that and embracing it and empowering myself in that. And that's where I'm at. So just know that when you listen today, it might just not be the best sound recording you've ever heard in your life. And just to give me a little grace on that because I still wanted to get that message out there from Rada. So today I wanted to just kind of share where I've been at lately. Last week, I did this interview with Us Weekly, and it was fun and cool. We talked about The Bachelor, all that stuff. But I have realized (laughs) through this process of being on the show that I think I need to start leaning a little bit away from The Bachelor. I think I've loved my time with the show and all that it has brought to my life and this platform it's given me. But I think for me and what I know I need to share with the world, I need to be leaning into a little bit more than just The Bachelor. And I mean, anytime that I do something that revolves around The Bachelor, there's usually some negative aspect about that. And I think we've all seen the headlines of what's going on with the show and just like all of the drama that's happening around the show and off the show. I just think I need a little bit of a break from it because, for example, I did that interview and when you get interviewed, guys, you they ask you questions and a lot of times that revolves around like what happened in the show, how you felt, what you've learned, how it's like behind the scenes, all of that stuff, which is great. But then there's always someone that has an issue with it or a problem with it. And for example, for me, I just told the interviewer about my experience and how my relationship with Colton wasn't very strong and all of the things that were my truth. And I got many uh, comments and messages from people being upset or not happy with that and saying that I I got comments, for example, like, oh, you are irrelevant and I don't even like you and why are you even talking and why – I don't care about you at all. Like, why are you still talking about the show or why are you still complaining and why are you kicking people while they're down? I just was like, none of that is true. And people that perpetuate this idea of negativity and pulling people down and just being so disrespectful and 
rude and mean online, I will never understand and I will never get behind. And I've gone into this practice that I used to like think that I needed to clap back and put people in their place and tell them how it is, but I've just stopped giving any more energy or time to those people and focusing more on the people that deserve my energy, deserve my time and lifting up the people who I connect with on social media all the time. And that's what I try and do in all of my work. And then that's also what I try and do with this podcast and the people I interview and just getting some light and some good into the world. And I'm not going to be perfect at that ever, but it's just comments like that that really make you take a second and are very disheartening. So I think what happened after that interview and getting those comments and just needing a second, I took some time after off of social media, which I've been doing quite a lot lately, just because you get these moments where you're like, what I'm trying to do is not shining through and people aren't seeing it. So I just need a little bit of a break. And I think that's important for anyone. I think if social media or whatever you're doing is becoming negative or taking away from your joy or your light or what you're trying to accomplish, then I think it's important to take breaks from it and to reevaluate how it plays a role in your life and stop the scroll from time to time. It's really healthy and really good just to kind of take a second. And we talk a lot about this in the interview with Rada, but finding this idea of joy and less scrolling and more being in your body and less being in this, this mindset of comparing yourself to others. And I think social media is the hub of all of those things, the hub of comparison and not feeling good about yourself or from escapism and escaping the moment and just scrolling on your phone. For example, if something's uncomfortable, we have this ability just to pull out our phones and make the uncomfortable, awkward situation go away. Whereas before we didn't have that as a crutch and we had to work through those awkward conversations and work through those feelings or now we can just escape them and ignore them. So I think it's just something to think about. I think everything that you do in the world and everything you put out there, including what you're writing on social media and what you're putting on the social media is energy, is a part of you, is going to affect how you show up in your life and what's going to show up for you in your life. So if you think about it, if you're someone on social media going to people's pages and trolling them and writing mean comments and saying negative things, that's the energy you're putting into the world. So that's the energy that you're attracting into your life, which I can't say that I would like that for my life, um, which is why I don't like to engage with that anymore. I realize it's not worth it and it's just an energy suck. So block and move on. Um, I just think that we hold so much power in ourselves and so much opportunity and that so much greatness can come from separating yourself from a negative space. So if you notice things in your life that are negative, whether that's relationships, whether that's social media, whether that's just the mindset you have with yourself, separate yourself from that and see how your life will change and see how things will show up differently for you. And I think it's just something important to kind of keep an eye out for and just notice and do checks and balances with yourself. So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to share. Um, know that you never know what people are going through on the outside. You never know when someone else is hurting. You never know when someone is, you just never know what's going on behind the screen, behind people's lives. So I just think, remember that, that goes for if you're, if someone's being negative to you, or it also goes for if you're comparing yourself to someone else on Instagram or on social media, you never really know what's going on behind their lives or if they're even happy or if you just never know. So I would say don't take social media as the end all be all and hopefully take this conversation with Rada and 
Use it to find the things that make you happy and find joy in your community outside of social media in your life. I'm working on it too. I am hoping to find that for myself. And I think what I'm doing here, hopefully we'll build that community and we can all rally around each other. So that is my something to share today, guys. Like I said, we have Radha Agarwal on the podcast today. I'm so excited. She is such an amazing, incredibly inspiring person. She's had so many businesses. She has toured with Oprah. I mean, come on. She has created all of these amazing communities and these businesses that empower people and lift people up and lean into wellness and joy. And we talk a lot about this idea of joy and how to cultivate it and how to create it in your lives and how to build communities of like-minded people and how important that is. So, so much good to take away from this conversation. Please share it with someone that needs to hear it while also keeping in mind the audio is not great, but that's okay. Um, and if you guys could leave a five-star review and continue to share so that we can continue to grow this community, this podcast, and have amazing guests like Radha on. So without further ado, guys, here is Radha. Before we get started, could you just kind of give us like a little intro of who you are, what you're all about, so that my listeners can kind of get to know you? Yeah. So uh, my name is Radha Agarwal, and I am a entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur um, Actually, the right term is social entrepreneur, which is really about building businesses that help move kind of cultural conversations forward. Um, and so I've been doing that for the last 20 years um, since I was in my early 20s. So I'm interested in, in all things that connect with joy, with dance, with uh, women's empowerment. And and so all the products and services that I've created uh, with my amazing teams um, really sort of ladder kind of up to those major kind of topics. Yeah. So what businesses did you start? Because there's actually a very long list. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'll just share two of them that are probably the most salient for your audience, maybe the ones that they know the most. One, I started an underwear company called Thinks Underwear, which um, is period-proof underwear. So it helps women kind of feel totally free to be fully expressed and fully themselves wearing sexy, beautiful, period-proof underwear that you could sort of bleed into without any worry um, that allows women in developing countries to stay in schools. So we have a one-for-one give-back model. It's not sort of gross stain underwear that's at the back of your drawer. It's it's underwear that you can actually, um, you know, wear out, wear with on dates, wear, you know, wear just wear as a doctor. My, my sister's a surgeon. She does 15-hour surgeries. And so she would wear this underwear because she couldn't go and change her powdered tampon, right, um, in the middle of surgery. So you know, the, the application for this underwear has been so far and wider than I ever thought it would be. So thanks became a, a massive, um, you know, nine, uh, nine figure business, which was, which is really wild. Um, and then on the heels of that um, daybreaker, which is what I'm the CEO right now. And I think really connects with you and, and your community, which is a dance movement. And um, you know, as an entrepreneur and the hamster wheel of just running kind of constantly in the day-to-day grind of building business, I'd go out at night to let my hair down. I actually was an investor in one of the biggest nightclubs in New York. Um, and I would go out at night on Saturday nights and um, and Friday, what are Friday, Saturday nights, and it would just be overrun by everyone on drugs and everyone on their phones and everyone, yeah. you know, kind of um, spilling drinks all over you or some gross dude trying to dance up against you if you're just trying to let your freak flag fly, you know? You know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so, 
And so it was never a very safe environment for women. Um, nighttime, also like, I want to be in bed by 10 p.m. these days. You know, it's like Absolutely. we force ourselves <laughs> to stay up until 2 a.m. because you can't go out, you know, at night. So, I mean, like until after you leave the office. And so you're hopping yourself up on drugs, coffee, alcohol to stay up, mm-hmm. you know, even if you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, what if we, you know, turn nightlife on its head? So the entrepreneurial idea was, you know, again, instead of complaining about it, let's do something about it. Right. And so I was like, okay, what if we threw a dance party in the morning when our energy is the most full before going to work, right? What if we replaced the mean bouncer with, you know, with a hugging committee to welcome you into the dance party instead of some dude looking up and down, a very inclusive committee welcoming you, you know? And like, what if we replaced the alcohol with green juice and made it a healthy experience? And when we started seven years ago, obviously the wellness industry was booming. So it was like bringing nightlife and wellness industries together, um, which needed innovation, needed something new, kind of bring these two exciting worlds together, the sexy, dress, dress up, fun, dancey, scintillating, glitter up sort of experience with the healthy mm-hmm. workout, uh, just well experience, all around well-being, self-expression, mindfulness, all of that. So it's like, what if we brought these two worlds together and and um, and then it took off. Um, so we launched it seven years ago and now we're 500,000 community members in 28 cities around the world um, that wake up at sunrise to dance before going to work um, at the top of the World Trade Center, like in wild locations. Like we did some, we did one at the White House, we did one at Sydney Opera House, like all over the world. Yeah, and it's just been like a really, really cool experience to um, to just witness people come home to themselves instead of escape themselves, like come home to the dancer inside of them when they would have said, I'm not a dancer. I suck at dancing. I need to be drunk to have a good time to just break the codependence between having fun and dancing and having fun and drugs and alcohol and, and just do it in a way with a dope community of like-minded badasses, you know, sort of the idea. Amazing. Well, yeah, I love that there's these two different businesses, but they embody just everything that you're about, like empowering people and owning your bodies and being in your bodies and just all of the products that you've made from that, which is incredible. I want to first say the thanks. You guys, your guys' branding was amazing because I used to live in New York City and I remember them always being on the subway and it was just like yeah. such an aesthetic way to look at your period, which I love that you're you do that. And it's such there's such a need for. I mean, I was even talking to one of my friends who's had a baby, and she was talking about the the panties that you wear after a baby, which is like a diaper, and there's like a brand that made it like aesthetic and beautiful. So it's just like rethinking things that are so taboo, which is amazing. So I love that you do that. And then Daybreaker, I've heard of it many a times before. I've like always wanted to go. I never got the chance to go, but I'm gonna once the things <laughs> open up and you start going across the country more, I'm definitely gonna try and make it to one because. Just the idea of just like bringing people together, especially in the workforce who are they're forced to this nine to five and like the grind of it all and going to their workout and then drinking and going to their happy hour and like just like this unhealthy lifestyle that we were living. And I love that you're bringing like joy and community into something that's healthy and good for people. Can you talk to me a little bit about this concept of like dance and being in your body and how important that is and how you're kind of bringing that to people with Daybreaker? Yeah. So, you know, um, dance is our original self-expression, right? Like I have a two-year-old daughter and I just, she's like, as soon as the music turns on, it's just like, she's dancing up a storm and someone someday told us that we looked silly dancing or that was stupid. So we started telling ourselves that we weren't those things. And we began building these walls of insecurity around ourselves. Right. 
Um, and I was one of those people. I grew up, I'm Indian, Japanese. My mother's from Japan. My father's from India. And in sort of, in my cultures, um, you know, it's sort of, um, other than traditional dance, it can be pretty um, looked down upon to be sort of like something that goes out dancing. It just doesn't seem something, something that um, well-respected people do, you know? And so just breaking through so many different barriers, psychological barriers, um, insecurity barriers to help people come home to the, themselves is such an important, mm-hmm. you know, sort of it, it changed my life. I went to a music festival in Nevada called Burning Man, which I'm sure many of you mm-hmm. listening know about. And I'll never forget just riding out my bicycle to just the end of just end of the the festival grounds they call deep playa and throwing my bike down and and just like closing my eyes no friends around for the first time I left I have five friends who were in an RV sleeping it was four o'clock in the morning and I drive out to the RV uh, to this big giant art car that was blasting this music and um and I just threw my bike down I just closed my eyes and I just started dancing and it was the first time I got into my body without any judgment without any just insecurity embarrassment of how I looked who was watching me it was you know it was just um pure love for myself pure love for um for my courage to do that and I just I'll never forget this unlocking of just complete just oneness serenity connection to the universe to the world not just to myself like when you actually begin to allow the dance to come out which is our god-given which is a part of our DNA as humans as higher as this consciousness when we begin to recognize the flow of music and dance and movement into our into our bodies um it really takes you outside of your body you begin to feel less like oh othered you know like this is me this is you it's like we're all in this together moving together as one and and it just changed my life and as I opened my eyes the sun was coming up and I just remember crying I just was like wow like it was just the most beautiful um experience to wake up and dance and that became our tagline for daybreaker which is wake up and dance and you know when the pandemic happened and we couldn't gather in the real world every day, we launched Daybreaker online live stream. And because all these epic artists and talent were home, we got to have, you know, Gloria Estefan and Gloria Gaynor singing, I will survive to, to the Gypsy Kings, to, you know, the village people doing YMCA. It was one of the most epic lineups of talent that came online with us every week to help us inspire people at home to dance during the pandemic. And um, we served over 200,000 people in 170 countries. And we will continue doing Daybreaker Live. We've done 24 episodes of Daybreaker Live already online. And we do them now once every month online. So everyone should please come. They're mostly free uh, or pay what you can um, to give you a space to just come and dance. And then we launched DOS, which is a joy practice because we believe that dance is such an important part, not just guided choreographed dance that you follow the leader, but dance that Mm -hmm. you're invited to express yourself the way your body wants to move. So the way you move and the way I move will be completely different because you're Sydney and I'm Radha and we're two totally different people, right? You know, once I realize the power of the mind-body connection, like the power of not 
cutting ourselves off at the neck. So, so much of, you know, therapy can be in your head and so much of, you know, sort of our trauma can be held and stuck in our body, right? So it's like, how do we actually bring the two together lovingly, cohesively, and, 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 and do it in a way that when you do it right, you feel connected to everybody else around you, right? You, you, you feel, when, you, when your brain and body are, are connected meaningfully, then you actually feel more unified to other people. So that sort of became the mantra for why we launched this joy practice. Because if you look anywhere, it's like working out, let's get six pack abs. Like let's do plank until we, you know, it's like tearing is tearing muscles is cool. Like all of this stuff that's being taught to us because, you know, the fitness industry is a, you know, a, a trillion dollars, like a massive $150 billion industry and cutting our, ourselves off from the neck and just doing our getting our body right without considering what it's doing to our cortisol levels, our 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 stress hormones, right, which is cortisol. Mm-hmm. What's what it's doing for our comparison from our old self, our old body, or comparison to other people on Instagram and how they look, and just all the things that happen in this sort of cut at the neck brain body movement that is everywhere, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, how do we actually? create the first ever platform to help spread joy where joy is the net score that we look at. Right. And so if your body is moving and we call it glistening instead of sweating, so I think glistening is really chicer than sweating. Yeah. Um, it's like, how can we glisten while moving authentically the way our body wants to move? How do we actually connect the brain and body by doing not therapy, but just movement practice that tucks into the eight virtues of happiness. So we talk about flow state. We talk about spiritual connection. We talk about the physical um, sort of well-being. We talk about awe and play. We talk about joy and laughter and ease. And so all the different virtues of, of, of happiness that we identified, we organize our movement classes, our joy, our classes based on the virtues of happiness, which which I just feel is such a more fun way. Um, you know, I was a spin instructor for 10 years for fun. Um, I was a body mm-hmm. sculpt um, instructor as well for 10 years as well. And I was addicted. I was basically an exercise bulimic. Like I just was always at the gym, always working out, always needing to do that. And um, and I was more bloated than I am now because of the stress, because of the overeating, because of mm-hmm. just all the things that happen outside of the brainwashing inside of just the body space. So as soon as you bring the brain body together and begin looking at exercise, movement, dance, you know, community, belonging, you know, sort of like understanding your happiness, you know, kind of your happiness triggers and what makes you become the happiest version of yourself. That's when movement becomes so much more fun. That's when it becomes excavating some of your trauma of your past, you know, becomes more easy to do is because you're not just sitting there talking about your feelings, you're moving through them. That's sort of why I started Dose by Daybreaker, which is again, this, um, the sister community to Daybreaker, which is a daily joy practice because you can't just do joy. You can't just like kind of say, okay, I'm going to practice joy once a month. You have to practice joy every single day to be happy. It's like brushing your teeth, right? Like you have to invite a joy practice 
in your routine every day. And it doesn't have to be with us. It could just be literally with like thinking about, you know, moving your body to dance every morning oh, yeah. and whether it's connecting with a friend, whether it's having a great amount of sleep, whether it's going out in nature, whether it's having a meaningful conversation, there's so many areas um, that connect to joy practice, but we want to bring it all into one place to make it easy for you to understand your own happiness needs and to deliver sort of uh, practices that that would connect with with what you needed. So it was a super. It's been such a wonderful experience of COVID to be able to um, recognize kind of what post COVID needs are that we can now serve. Yes, I love that so much. And I think we've all seen this like this idea of your body being separated from your mind. And I think we've seen that so much, especially this past year. The lack of connection. That's one. And I think we are not in our bodies. And I think you think of being in your body by if you're exercising or if you're running a mile and you're like doing that. But if that fitness is coming from a place where I must do X to achieve Y and it's that negative thought or it's all in your head about it, then you're not actually in your body. And it's so interesting to think about because when you're not in your body, you are radiating. It's an energy thing. You're radiating this disconnectedness. And I think we've all noticed that from different people. For example, when someone just feels like they're not taking up space or they're disconnected or they're not present. We've all seen examples of that or we ourselves have been not connected at times. You mentioned last year with COVID and how there's so much disconnectedness now, especially after the year that we've had. So I'm wondering for someone wanting to start implementing joy or creating this practice, like what would be the first steps in order to develop that for their own lives? Maybe that's not necessarily going to a daybreaker, but like how can we start those first steps in order to create more joy in our lives? Right. So the first thing I would think about is belonging. You know, belonging mm -hmm. is such a foundation for joy. And if you don't take time to cultivate friends, community members, relationships that make you feel a sense of belonging, it's impossible. And I think COVID has really shown us just how important relationships are, that we we, we no longer take our friendships for granted. Um, but also what's come to light is the friends that, that have been grandfathered in, that we've allowed into our space because they're mm -hmm. a friend from elementary school. And also, you know, you realize, oh my gosh, like I need more in my relationship. I'm just going to quickly now. interject here because her sound cuts out, but basically she's saying she wrote a book called Belonging. And in order to create this practice of joy, she says to write three columns. In the first column, you would write column one being what are the qualities that I'm looking for in a friend? She says that we do this for our romantic partners or our career and all of that. But why not do this for when we're calling in our friends? friends who love to travel. I want friends who want to innovate, create new things that will change the world. I want friends who learn and blah, 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 right? And then column two is what are the qualities that I don't want in a friend? So I don't want friends who shoulder shrug. You know, I don't want friends who are negative Nellies. I don't want friends who shit talk. I don't want friends mm. who, it's like write down all the qualities. You know, I think that's the biggest thing I, I would think about post-COVID is, is and, and during COVID, in this time where we're still sort of in this transitional phase, is to really take the time to face yourself. And this is the first time in actually my whole life, I'm 42, mm. that I took the time to see a leadership coach. Um, where I took the time to practice joy every day, my relationships, for my colleagues, for my leadership, all of that. And it starts with your friends, your community, your foundation, your tribe. Um, and before that, of course, starts with belonging to yourself. So, so you know, my book is actually divided into two sections. The first half is going in. You have to go inside yourself, excavate who you are. There's about mm -hmm. 10 exercises to get to know 
your own belongingness to connect back to who you are authentically, not what media wants, not what, mm. not what press wants, where you are in your life today. What do you in my twenties, I attracted this type of shit talking person because I was so insecure and that's who I, that's who I attracted. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. the cool kid. I wanted the New York city club kid. I wanted, you know, I wanted that life. And so I definitely radiated that insecurity out, attracted those types of shit talking insecure people, you know, as well. And I was in this sort of hamster wheel of misery, you know, I was in a shitty sort of rotating door relationship to all of a sudden cultivating a dream community who showed up for me, who were the first ones who then like showed up for my Kickstarter campaign. When I launched everything's underwear company on Kickstarter were the first ones to buy tickets to Daybreaker were the Mm -hmm. first ones to, you know, share ideas with me when I was like, Hey, I have an idea for an underwear company or what do you think about a dance party in the morning? That's sober on a weekday, (laughs) you know, I would not have the love that I have today. I would not have the daughter that I have today. Any of the things I have today, if I didn't, focus on belonging to myself and then finding a community a small it could be like three people right but like a small community of, of of humans that's not your immediate relationship that can't be your spouse or your lover has mm-hmm. to be outside of that and I, I have a whole series of system that I developed on how to actually make those friends how to mm-hmm. actually find those friends how to how to manifest those friends and it just it's it's so easy once you once you begin to sort of first go inside and do that excavation. Absolutely. I love this idea of having a practice, not only just to call in your partner, but your friendships and your career and how important it is to know that as you shift, as you grow, as you learn that the friends, the friendships that you might've had from elementary school might have to shift as well as you up level. And then just recognizing when you can bring those friends up with you or when you need to shift or find a different community that supports what you're going through or what you're learning or what your new tribe will be. And also the point of getting to know yourself and knowing that that not only affects your day to day, but your business, your community, your relationships. And it brings up for me this idea of community, the fact that we have been so on our phones all of this past year with COVID and just like a different way of working. And because of that, almost this idea of like a fake community, say if you have a following or you're DMing back and forth with people or you're texting people, this idea that you it feels like you have a community because you're in communication with someone, but that's not the same thing as having like an in-person community that you're talking about. So then what should we be looking for outside of social media to find these qualities and this community that we so need? So yeah, I I think that we need to be very, very careful when we think about what is a a social community and what is a real community. A real community is humans with whom you share the same values, right? Humans with whom you feel that exhale of I'm home, not someone that you have to or that your makeup is perfect, that you have the right filters, that you're doing, you know, it's like, you know, that you have the right camera lens at the right angle. You take the photo 50 times. And then it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you post that one picture, just advertising and marketing, which is, has mm-hmm. a total place for it. Honestly. Lots of people make their business, you know, from that. I think that's great. Like that's, you know, be entrepreneurial on social media with your own, um, with your own sort of personality, like go for it. I love small business owners in that way. But that's not real community. That's not where you're going to feel a sense of belonging. That's not where you mm-hmm. feel like, oh my God, I could call Rada and I can tell her my, my, you know, my feelings, or I can tell her about like, I had a really shitty day or my boyfriend mm-hmm. got in a fight or like, you know, or, or someone I can just be with, you know, 
had a breakfast nook and we could be reading our books together, not social, but be reading our books together and not be saying anything. And there's such a comfort there that I don't even need to be on. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. That's, that's real community. And, and I just think that we live in such a um, inflammatory culture now, especially on social media that you can be canceled in two seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you get too big, if someone's jealous of you, there's like cancel this person, cancel that person. Yeah. And it's just like, we don't no longer have a way to like talk to each other and just say, mm-hmm. Hey, that hurt my feelings. Instead of just, Oh, it's cancel this person. You know, yeah. it's just like, like we don't have the mm-hmm. courage, like we're not cultivating courage to have what I, what we call crucial conversations in the world of leadership, you know? So my favorite thing to do now is to call up a friend that if there's any tightness in my chest, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell my husband, I'm like, Hey babe, I'm having a, a crucial conversation um, for at lunch today. Like, don't, you know, don't bother me. And he's like, Ooh, okay, great. I can't wait to hear about it. And after, Oh my God, I'm like tearing up with joy. I'm like, I just had this mm-hmm. wonderful conversation with a friend about how this is actually a true story. Last week I was talking to a girlfriend and I could just tell that when I was like, this is happening and this exciting thing's happening in my business. She was like, oh, that's great. And then behind that, it just felt like fake and envious, you know? Mm. And I I just, instead of just being like feeling shitty about it and then pushing her away and saying like, oh, she's not my real friend. Mm-hmm. I know she's my real friend. I know she cares. So I called her up and I just said, hey, you know, I just want you to know that I like would welcome you if you weren't having a good day or you didn't want to feel happy for me. If you were like, Rada, I'm going through it financially right now to hear about your mm-hmm. financial success or business wins. doesn't make me feel good right now. And um, I would rather you say that to me than just be like, oh, great. And then be fake about it. And so mm-hmm. she just started crying immediately. And she just said, thank you for creating a space in our friendship that I could do that. You mm-hmm. know? everybody is killing it in a moment or not everybody is feeling ready to support you or applaud you in a moment. Mm-hmm. It's just how we have the courage to share what we need with each other is going to change all of our relationships, all of our expectations, all of what we think, how we should be on, how we should not be on, how we should, you know, and then holding all these envy, holding all this jealousy, holding all this grudge, you know, without just like releasing it all. And that's mm-hmm. what dance, brain, body, mm-hmm. practice, joy, practice for, first of all. But second of all, it's, it's courage and having the joy practice, what I call joy practice, to be able to set you up to have those courageous conversations. So, so much of why I'm doing our joy practice is to help people not only feel good about themselves and their bodies, but also feel good enough, joyous enough to be able to call their friend and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm feeling. And it's just been transformational for my life, for my friendships, mm-hmm. right? for my again for for every aspect of my of my life all of it lives in the same ecosystem Mm -hmm. play and dance and throwing up a dance song and just like dancing in your underwear you know in your living room with your partner alone or with your puppy or whatever just like all of this ladders up to the same ultimate feeling which is gosh I feel home I feel home Mm -hmm. in myself I feel belonging to myself to my community around me I feel like I'm a, a a clear channel that's not saying one thing, but feeling another thing. Mm. And it's just that authenticity ends up making you feel better. Take that one step further. It's not even just for that you're good. It's actually to be able to share when you're bad, when mm. you're not feeling good, right? So it's like mm-hmm. to have that courage and the joy, because what I always say is joy isn't just being happy. Mm-hmm. Joy is understanding that life is the intersection of the dark and the light. 
you know, the, the pain and the pleasure that, that, that mm. when you find joy in excavating the pain, excavating the dark and sharing and talking about the dark courageously, mm. there's joy in that too, you know? So, so, so it's not just coming to your friend from a place of joy, but, but joyously coming to a friend and saying, Hey, listen, you know, Sydney, I, I'm not feeling good right now. Mm. Like I, I want to support you right now. And then you'll be, and then you have the love for me to say, Hey, Rada, I feel you. I, I, I totally know where you're at. Let's talk when you're feeling good. Or how can I support you right now? You know, so the, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like dialogue happening. Yeah. And that's joyous. Yeah. That's joyous. major. I was actually going to ask you the difference between joy and just being happy. And I think what you just said is the difference. Whereas joy is kind of the dark with the light and encompassing all of that. And happy is kind of just the light. So joy is having both, which is kind of life, which is nice that you can embrace both because life is going to give you both those good times and the bad times, which can still be joy. It's like, I think of happiness as these, like these important things, these markers that you do in your day. It's like eating good food for, food for your body, you know, sleeping for X number of hours that your body needs, like hanging out with friends who feel, you know, make you feel good. Like what, you know, like just all those types of things. Like these are little you know, bumps of happiness, you know, it's like mm-hmm. little things that you're doing to, to, to make your life happier. But joy is like sort of the long-term feeling happiness is sort of these things that you do every day, right. To, to make life good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to practice happiness, right. It's important yeah. to do these things every day to be happy, but joy is the excavation of all of the things that you're too afraid to talk about all the things mm. that you want in your life that are too afraid to manifest for yourself because life can't be that good, you know, because mm. we have limiting beliefs around that. Right. So it's like joy is this like sea underneath this, this like deep ocean underneath you that lives in this constant state of knowing that, wow. Okay. Like I'm going through the, the, the dark right now. There's, there's, there's beauty in that. There's joy in that. Mm. I'm still going to maintain this, this deep sense of, of knowing, you know, um, so I'm wondering then too, if say if someone is not in the place where they want to be, they are not in the job they want, they're not in the relationship they want, or just not maybe happy or practicing that, it's going to take baby steps to get to that place of joy. So how would you recommend or what are those baby steps to get to that place for someone to find joy? The first exercises that I share in my book, actually also, it, the first thing I would I would look at for those who are feeling that is looking at your energy, doing an energy audit. So what is the energy that you are putting out to the world? Mm-hmm. Really be honest with yourself. So I have this diagram, um, an X, Y axis, where it's like you plot sort of on this graph, this, this graph sort of where your energy lives every day and maybe every hour of the day, maybe you're plotting where your energy lives just to do a week long audit or a day long audit of how you're energetically showing up in the world. If you're always sitting in a place of negativity um, setting a place of talking shit. Like my girlfriend mm-hmm. was showing me her text message from her ex-husband and he's just a nasty person. And mm-hmm. you send these nasty messages to her every day. Like he's just living in negative, dark light and energy all the time. He's never going to come out of it unless mm-hmm. he recognizes his own negative energy, right? Mm-hmm. So looking at your energy, facing your, not just blaming the world. Oh, my parents, oh my this, my that. Yeah. Looking at what, what energy are you putting out in the world? And let's clean that up first. What is stopping you from having cleaner energy, having more, more just easeful thoughts? Like what is Mm -hmm. stopping you from having that? Let's look into that. Then Mm -hmm. let's look into the world around you. 
What are your relationships at work like? Your relationships at home like? Your relationships with your colleagues like? Right? Um, and and really beginning to to recognize, oh my gosh, like everyone at work is negative. Oh, all my friends are super positive. So at work, I'm feeling really low energy and negative all the time. I should probably change my job, you know, or probably mm-hmm. talk to my manager about my group that I'm in. So, so there's so many areas of life that we don't realize, oh, wow, the pockets of energy in these areas mm-hmm. of my life are affecting me and my performance, my, you know, my ability to show up the way I want to show up, my authenticity, mm-hmm. all of that. So, so just, just doing an energy audit of yourself how you're showing up and then the world around you is going to be the best first step. I'll share one more exercise, which is what I call your VIA mm-hmm. exercise, looking at your values, your interests and your abilities. So mm-hmm. what do you Sydney value today? You know, mm-hmm. um, post bachelorette post, you know, post bachelor, like what do you value today in life? I value using my experience and what I've been through and what I've learned to lift others in all capacities of doing that. I love that. I love that. So, and what are your, what are your kind of life interests? I love dance. I love fitness. I love just living a healthy lifestyle. And I love really intricate and deep conversations like this that I can get to know and get inspired by people. I love that. And then what are you good at? What, what, like, what are your abilities? The A and B, like, what are, what would you say is like when you show up to your, a friend's gathering or whatever, what do you show up with? Are you someone that um, shares compliment? Are you someone that brings food? Are you someone that what comes in with, you know, instruments to play music? Like, what, like, how do you show up to a gathering? If someone were to describe you? Um, I'm really good at being one-on-one with people. And I am really good at reading energy and say, if someone's down, I am good at lifting them up or bringing them up based on that. And I'm really good at coming from a place of joy, whether that's meaning I'm in a good place or a bad place. I'm good at kind of being happy around people and working to bring that out of people as well. Oh, I love that. See, that's, that's, <laughs> That's, you'll have friends for life. If you're mm-hmm. just someone that, uh, you know, when I'm with Sydney, she just sees the glass half full mm-hmm. and she just makes me want to spend time with her because of that. And, and I think most people don't understand that. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just such an easy formula. And yeah, and I just think that, thank you for, for, for doing this exercise with me, but I just think it's so important for all the listeners, you know, your listeners to just take that time to just do all of these audits, energetic mm-hmm. audits, value systems audits, you know, where you are today and your interests. Cause like what I was interested in two years ago before I had my daughter is very different from what I'm interested in today. So it's like yeah. your interests change over time. Your values change over time. I wanted to just go out and party all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like 10 years ago at, at, in my forties, I want to have deep dinner conversation. I want to mm-hmm. go on like beautiful adventures with just a smaller group of friends in like wild places around the world. That's what interests me now versus mm-hmm. like, you know, massive, um, just like how people can I stuff into my apartment, you know, type, type parties. Absolutely. So it, just, it just changes over. Yes. I love all of that. And I love that you can have like an essence and uh, things that you want in life, but those can also shift as you grow and the things that you want can change as well. Just go wherever you want in your life. Um, last question I have, cause I know we're running out of time, but I ask this to everyone that comes on this podcast because it is called something to share. So Last question I have is, is there anything on your heart or your mind or anything that you think that my audience could hear that you would like to share? If, if, if most of your listeners are young and are, and maybe women, are they? Yeah. 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 So I just think that, um, this is our time to really pursue whatever we want to pursue. And, you know, here's a little stat for you. Um, men only need to have an idea on a napkin 
to be able to feel ready to go out and raise money and go out and build their business and go out and create their community for it. Whereas women, we're such perfectionists, we're such magical mm-hmm. creatures that we have to have like a perfect business plan. Everything needs to be perfect. We need to have the right everything in place before we go out and raise money and before we go out and build, you know, like sort of like share about it. Um, and if we can split the difference, continue bringing our overachieving sort of um, mentality, but know that um, just getting getting your idea out in the world trying if you fail hey i failed a thousand times like i I Mm. probably launched six businesses of which you know three of them have failed you know Mm -hmm. and two of them have have had great success and i and and it's it's only in if you get your hat in the ring right that you're going to actually ever end up end up being being in being in this courageous space and you know you doing this podcast and starting it during quarantine i applaud you for that you know it's Mm -hmm. so hard to start something it's so hard to maintain something to keep doing it and um clearly clearly you care about your community which is why i keep showing up for them and and clearly you're someone who's entrepreneurial who wants to keep bringing cool things to the world so i'm sure you're uh-huh. very, um inspiring for all of your listeners but i just think just get your thing started look at your business as an experiment if mm. you do that life is so fun because some experiments fail so my parents succeed and it's, it's just like life is all fun and exciting if you look at it that way so that's absolutely my, my big my big share that hit home for me very much because I'm also of that perfectionist mindset especially coming from a dance background and just always feeling like everything has to be perfect or complete in order to share what I'm doing with the world but it's less about the final product and more of the process and just getting to see where it leads you so thank you so much for sharing that and for everything that you've shared with me today and I actually I, we have a, I think we have a, um, a special for your listeners that that Tim can shared that should be in your show notes, but, um, but yeah, I want to invite everyone to practice joy with us. I teach about, you know, one to two classes a week on the platform. I'm so passionate about it. Um, and so I hope to see, you know, y'all there because it is such yeah. a, uh, an investment in, in yourself, you know, really. Absolutely. I think something like that will change everything for someone that is willing to take that first step. And I definitely plan to as well. So I'm excited for that. Um, last thing, can you just tell my listeners where they can find you, reach out to you, website, anything like that? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at love.rada, um, L-O-V-E dot R-A-D-H-A. And my Daybreaker website, um, where you can practice joy with us, is actually dose.daybreaker.com. Dose stands for your happy neurochemicals, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so dose.daybreaker.com, or you can find us dancing around. We're actually launching our very first daybreaker on May 12th, um, IRL in New York City. Yes. Um, yeah, and on a rooftop on the 12th. So there you can find, uh, grab tickets at daybreaker.com. Amazing. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rada, for being here. And I'm sorry about all the technical issues, but thank you for sticking around for it and continue to share all the things that you do. Of course. Of course. All right. Well, have a great day. And I'm excited to keep watching. So keep killing it. And I will talk to you soon. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Bye.